Founders, welcome back to the Zero to 5,000 podcast, where we obsess over the convergence of human potential and business results. Today, our hosts, Drew McClure and Jordan Mitchell, have another insightful conversation for you. So let's jump right in. Okay, founders, welcome back to the podcast. Today, we are, oh shit, pause, edit this out, Robbie. I didn't get confirmation on uh, saying your last name. Is it Syracuse? How do you? Yeah, Syracuse. Syracuse. God, not a bad guess, right? That's good, man. That's good. You grew up with a Greek friend or something? That's not, that's that's uncommon. I actually did. I did. Lambropolis. There you go. All right. So some of that spirit is still with you. That's right. That's right. Now they did have mob ties and we're kind of a shady family, but he was my best friend. (laughs) (laughs) He was my best friend growing up. (laughs) <laughs> we're not friends anymore oh man uh i mean life and we grew apart and he's managing all of his dad's strip clubs and it, we just kind of went in two different directions oh but, i get uh, it man a little fork in the road right a little fork in the road great guy but our lives went different paths Got uh, it, man. robbie please edit all of this out this cannot <laughs> yeah, make it on just, there you just yeah, right. you see him for bachelor parties i get it <laughs> that's right that's right uh okay so Soracus. let me look and see if there's anything else is it oyova yep it's oyova okay all right let's try this game Okay, founders, welcome back to the podcast. Today, we are joined by John Sorakis, co-owner and chief revenue officer of Oyova. John is a University of South Florida alumni, serial entrepreneur, seasoned leader, and strategist. John is an expert in brand identity, business communications, buyer behavior, sales conversations, marketing systems, product and service design, and digital marketing. That's a lot to be an expert in. In 2019, John was thrilled to merge his own marketing agency, Revital, with Oyova, and business has been booming ever since. Oyova is an application development and marketing agency. Oyova integrates technology and marketing techniques to launch their clients forward by identifying and capitalizing on new opportunities. John continuously pours his expertise into into Oyova and has been able to expand the company's ability to offer full scopes of services. John, we are thrilled to have you on the podcast today, my friend. Oh, I'm glad to be here. And I love that that intro. And I think all that expertise just boils down to I'm a marketing and sales guy. Probably. There we go. There we go. <laughs> uh, so, man, we got it a little bit into your background there, but I'd love to hear it in your own words. You know, what were those series of events that led you to where you are today? Yeah. So I, my family owned a, a very small construction company. So I worked alongside with my brothers, uh, my father, and I, I wanted to go to college at the time. He and I had a disagreement and he fired me in mm. front of uh, some of the staff. And it was one of those turning points in my life that I was like, okay, this is, this is real. Right. And at the time I was going to school, I was going to college and there was this guy that I worked with or I'm sorry, this guy that I went to school with. And he said, hey, my dad and I have this small marketing company. You want to come work for us? And it was focused in the healthcare space. So I went to work with them. Mm. And that company rapidly grew. And it got a little bit too corporate for my my taste at the time. I was still pretty young. And it was during the 2008, 2009 recession. I decided to leave and start my own agency at that time. During the recession? The worst possible time. Absolutely. <laughs> it's, it's feast or famine being thrown to the wolves. But at the end of the day, I look at that as a strength because if you can make something work in the worst of times, you can make something work in any time. Absolutely. And from there, we uh, we developed, we, we focused on a lot of search engine optimization, web development, those things that a marketing agency would, a digital uh, digital focused one. We did, we did quite well. And in 2012, I met, which is now my, my business partner, and we started working together uh, on numerous different projects. Mm. And the things were going so well over that time that in 2018, we decided, you know what, if we're going to merge, the economy is probably not going to get better than it is right now, which, wow, we were very right about that statement. And <laughs> we, we decided to, to make it formal and, and join families. And now we are, uh, we're, we're one company, which is Oyova. Awesome. Awesome. So when you were... F- starting your your first company in the middle of the recession how did you make it through that how did you how did you scratch and claw to get those customers and stay afloat anything and everything so Mm -hmm. i I recommend to somebody is when you're going to start your own business everybody should know everybody within your circle should know what you do and who you do it for so if you have a phone and it's full of a hundred contacts or a thousand contacts, there shouldn't be someone in that phone, family member, friend, maybe somebody you just met for one time that you do not contact. And it wow. was that type of approach 
and then cold calling when necessary, tons of referrals, taking care of the people you have, realizing that every single client is a brick in the empire and you don't want to lose a brick, do, do whatever mm. you can. And then going above and beyond in the services that you'll offer, for instance, we didn't know anything about email proper, right? Like network email, setting up email clients. People would have an issue where we were offsite at, at one of their locations, just having a meeting and climb up under a desk and just figure out whatever you can do to add value in any way. And if you can't find a referral to somebody that you can't. So it was that type of mentality and just doing really good work that, yeah. that helped us build during that time. Was it just you right away or did you start off with a few people helping you? I, I start off with a few people helping me. Yeah. Okay. There, were, there were a couple others that uh, it was, uh, there was another uh, person at the time that uh, I, I was working with. And then I had just a couple contractors for, for other different things that we were not within our hired set. Mm. When you look back at those first few years, what are the headlines that grab you? I don't think there are headlines or emotions that just make me cringe. It was, it was quite painful, but <laughs> well that, yeah, that's what I mean. Like what stands out? Is it just, you look back and like, wow, that was, that was tough and it was a grind and painful or what, what, what do you think? I, I think it was a grind. Absolutely. There's a story who's, uh, he's a, still a team member today. And we, we were, we were pretty broke. We always paid everybody on time, but we, at the time we couldn't pay him that much. And he took a chance to work with us and he, he still, he's a fantastic social media, uh, uh manager and he, he still works with us today, but we were at a restaurant and it was, I think this is 2009. He gets a sandwich delivered. And I think the sandwich was like, I don't know, nine bucks or something. And he opens it up and there's like one thin little piece of turkey on there. <laughs> and he just starts crying in front of me. And I'm, I felt terrible. I was like, I, things are going to get better. And I coached him. And it was one of those moments where I, I really had to, to steal myself and say, Hey man, I, I promise you we're going to do better and you're going to get a pay raise and everything's going to be taken care of. And I, I honored all those things. And I'm, I'm very proud to say that. Come on, man. There, there's nothing like it. I know you think back on that and your first thought is pain, but as you tell the story, you know, it also sounds like gratitude. Like, man, there's nothing like the first people that bet on you, you know, that you could, you could fulfill those, those promises, right? That this is going to turn around. Absolutely. There was, there's a client that we had when we first started that took a chance on us and they, they were just doing a few hundred thousand dollars a year at the time. There were two guys in a van and they sold just recently for a in in the millions for a multiplier that they're set for the rest of their lives and we wow. were a part of that journey and they totally took a chance i got that lead off of craigslist oh. right? <laughs> yeah in like 2009 it was somebody saying hey we're looking for a website developer they had some concept that we were able to put pull things together help them build a strategy and just work hand in hand as they just just grew and grew and grew wow Man, that's amazing. So with, by the time you joined forces, had you guys gotten to a place where you'd, you'd figured it out to some degree and were stable to a degree, and then you just saw a fit or an add-on to the service you're currently doing? Like what, what led to that merger? So we did, that. The, the, he, my business partner, would do all of our heavy lifting insofar as the technology stuff, right? So app development, really technical web development, you know, systems integrations, that type of stuff. We were more of a proper marketing firm, right? Search engine optimization, AdWords, social media. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, we design was the design was a factor in that as well. So we were continually sending work. I was noticing a trend uh, in in the market where the barriers to enter to become a marketing agency are so low. Anybody with a computer is a competitor, whether they're in this country or any other country, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we needed to do something and that something was we need to become have a deeper bench we need to do pull our expertise so to create a strategic advantage and that was one of the reasons i wanted so all right we're going to take all these fantastic marketing folks and marketing knowledge and and and, and salespeople, and we're going to you know ma uh, mash that with a uh, a technology firm that's essentially what we did and that's what mm. we've become so just a highly technical digital agency the other beauty to that is it opened up the door where we can work with all of our competitors because either we have a wider bench than they do or a deeper bench. And it's almost, it's so seldom for somebody to run in where I would even say that they are a direct competitor. I haven't run into one yet. Wow. So 
whether it's in a white labeling capacity or a strategic partnership capacity, we now work with what would be considered before 50 of our competitors that are all happy because the work we're providing, they're making a, a, a solid margin on it, as are we. So that's one of the factors based on being a forced multiplier, creating that opportunity. That's amazing. What is kind of your target market for the customer you guys are, are most often, often serving? So I love working with agencies because I was an agency owner and we're all a little bit crazy in some way that I think we're a great fit and we understand that. So we can help them a lot with their technology woes, whether it's a specific platform, a ton of people do WordPress, but we're solid in multiple because we have a, a, about 20 developers on our staff. So we can do Sitefinity, custom PHP apps, those types of things. So I love working with agencies on the technology stuff that they're, they're not strong in. And then on the flip side, when it's just uh, direct customers, I love uh, typically companies that are doing more than 2 million in revenue, right? We have some clients that are doing over a billion, but in there they have an understanding of what a budget is. And typically clients that are customers that, that aren't, that are under 2 million, they don't, they don't have that sense. And I know that's mm. a huge wide gap, but mm. it's somebody that appreciates what either marketing or, or technology from a, a digital marketing standpoint, creating a, a website or an application can do for them. Those people that appreciate that are, are usually a good fit. I love that. Uh, the reason why I ask is it, it's often really challenging for businesses early on. It was for our business as well to pick a target, right? You end up saying everybody, like everybody that has this need, right? Uh, yeah. Was that challenging for you guys also? Did it take some experimenting and saying, hey, we enjoyed it more with this client than this size client? Uh, how did you guys kind of arrive at, at a better understanding of who really you were targeting? Like most things, painful lessons where it's just, there's too often I would take a chance on somebody that lack of a better way of saying it, I, I was being naive and they didn't deserve that chance, but I had to learn all those lessons. Yeah. Education is super expensive. And if you're willing to get educated, you can learn by those lessons as long as you fail forward and not backward. And I, we would do things where we're like, okay, you, you seem like a, a credible company. We'll go ahead and sign an agreement where anything that we close, we're going to get 12.5% on the, the, whatever revenue, right? Yeah, yeah. And we would do that for like three months. We'd set up all these marketing systems. And then the company's like, yeah, we're done. We're not going to pay you. We're just going to bring all this in-house. Go ahead and sue us. And and I can sue them, right? I have a case. We speak to an attorney. He's like, absolutely, you have a case. He said, but is the juice worth the squeeze? Yeah. So just learning lessons like that. Okay, so now everything, no trade, everything is completely clear, right? It's just, it's dollar for dollar. This is the transaction. This is what it looks like. If you want some type of deal or some discount, there's things that we can potentially explore. But I think it's really important for people to realize what is the value of what you're offering. And it's difficult when it's services, right? Yes. Because we can doubt quality, we can doubt competency, expertise, all these things get in there, but you have to be steadfast and hold strong to, nope, this is, this is what we charge. This is why we charge it. And this is how we go about our work. And would you like to work with us in the most gentle yeah. way that you can? Yeah. And yeah, those are all hard lessons that we learned. I don't know if that's the answer to your question. Oh, it's a great answer. It's a great answer. So we're in, I don't do podcasting for a living. Uh, I run a company with one of my best friends and we're in professional services as well. So we do coaching and people development for fast growing companies. And that was one of the harder things as well is like knowing how to present your value and when sometimes it's ambiguous and then making sure you can whenever possible connect it to real numbers and expected ROI and that kind of stuff. But it's a, it's a difficult conversation, right? It is. And I know there's niching until it hurts, right? I believe that's a Seth Godin example. Yep. We haven't niched in some ways to a detriment, right? Where we could potentially have, you know, a yacht or more houses or something like that. But at the end of the day, when you move in that direction, it also has to be the type of work that you want to do. And I believe we have a culture where we like to solve such a myriad amount of different problems that that doesn't fit us. So yeah. part of our success and survival through, you know, hard times, as well as growth and good times is because we have a strong culture and we offer that breadth of work where people can work on all types of different problems, you know, whether it's going to be a veterinarian's office or big education or the small HVAC mom and pop, 
mm-hmm. that's just starting out that has a budget. So I think it's that's something that's different about us. And I know because I, there's experts out there that say, hey, this is your specialty, stick, uh, stick with it, or find this niche and work with these types of clients. I think at the end of the day, if you if you can sell well enough, you can prove the value and you can execute on those problems to the point where people are screaming to give you the referrals, then you can you can do it your own way. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so you just mentioned your culture. I'd love to hear you talk a little bit more about that. What's the what, what kind of culture have you guys been able to create? The so it's funny culture and people define it in different ways. I look at it as people that get along and do something that creates value together, right? And I think we, we have a very strong team. Everybody gets along. I think some of the things that help that grow is being really direct, calling something Mm -hmm. out, not calling someone out. There's, there's a difference, but there's just being direct. You don't want to beat around the bush because it wastes time. It insults somebody that's intelligent and it creates a ton of inefficiency. So I think that's a very strong component to what we have. We also are, are big on providing credit, right? Mm. So all of this has only happened because of our team has created the product and the, the deliverables executing upon those. So we have this thing we call a company, which is a collection of people. So in our Slack channel, it might seem something subtle. Anytime there's something positive, we, continue, we, we shout that out to everybody. Like, yeah. oh man, look at, look at what Ian did. Look at what Beth did. Look at what Brandon did. And we'll have, whether it's an email that comes in, whether it's one of our clutch reviews, something where we're continually saying, yeah, you are a part of this. And this is everything around you, a result of all that hard work that you're doing. Mm. So uh, we also, before COVID, we would have, you know, happy hours and things like that. But I think all those are, uh, while those are important, I think at the end of the day, when people understand that they're paid well, they're appreciated, there's growth in a company, and we all collectively get around just really doing kick-ass work for, the, for clients that we truly care about, yeah. then amazing things can happen. Yeah, I love that. So I'm hearing you both offer critique both ways where, Hey, let's just talk about what is you're generous with celebration, Mm -hmm. making sure we're really celebrating and honoring the stuff we want to see grow in our company. Um, you value connection. It sounds like, are there anything else, you know, I geek out on high performing teams and what makes people just really one plus one equals 11. Right. Um, what, what would you say are some things that have come to mind that have helped you create really great teams, ones that you can trust, ones that get along and ones that really deliver uh, on the strategy. Quarterly, quarterly raises, quarterly goals. You hit your quarterly goals, you get a quarterly raise. Some people wait till the end of the year. Some people where it's this ambiguous, amorphous date that they're not unsure about. Mm. I I highly disagree with that. When people continually see something incremental based on their progress, it feels good. And they also know where they continually stand, whether that's in this conversation or within the work that they're doing having that check-in also weekly check-ins with with team if you're a manager of somebody and you don't know what it is that they're doing you don't know what's going on in their life and you're just hoping and even praying by a spreadsheet that everything that's accurate i think you're way too disconnected and you shouldn't be managing people you should be Mm. a worker you really gotta love working with people and love people to get the most out of them yeah well especially today in the the types of jobs that we're all doing managers don't make sense anymore. Managers have to look more like coaches, right? It's like, you may still be in the role of a manager, but the skills that most managers were trained in were more like assembly line things, like getting people just to show up and do A plus B and get C. But the kinds of people your manager is going to be leading are going to be coaches. They're going to be relational. They're going to be saying, how do I, how do I steer you in the right direction? And how do we make priorities? And how do you work well with other people? Right. And that's been a, a big shift is seeing that we got to be people centric and we've got to have people skills if we're going to coach people well. Right. Absolutely. And going to bat for them at, at every turn, just really trusting them, having high integrity. When you say you're going to do something do it, when you don't, when you are unable, okay, this is something that I was unable to do and really setting the next date, the tension, your intentions, you know, when is, uh, you know, when is that commitment going to be accomplished and just some really fundamental soft skills that leadership can continually pass down to their staff. And it just it reverberates. It just wow. keeps creating positive energy. I Man, I love what you said about being honest, whether I can do it or I can't do it or I screwed up. 
Um, I remember uh, there's a mentor of mine uh, who was talking about, he led massive companies like GE and different things. Wow. He said, if you ever get your employees feedback, survey, whatever, he's like, you better take action immediately on at least one thing. He's like, if you do that, they'll love you because they, Hey, we gave you our feedback. You heard us and you've picked even the one thing that you said, I can do this and I'm doing it right now. He said, if you don't take any action, it was, it would have been better if you never sent out the feed, if you never sent out the survey in the first place. He was right. like, cause then they're like, I try, I told you what we wanted yep. and you didn't do shit with it. And so I trust you less. Right. Yep. And it just, it, it sparked in me even bit bigger than just that example. Like, Hey, we have to be very like, thoughtful with our promises and with what we're hearing and seeing and our ability to respond to them. Uh, and even be honest, if you say, Hey, I hear you and I get that, but we can't make that work, but here's what we are going to do. You know, we could, we could do something like this. And it sounds like you guys thrive kind of on that honesty and thoughtfulness and care as well. Absolutely. They can work anywhere. And we're, we look at it as, all right, they're choosing to, to work with us. That choice, that is something that we have to honor and respect. They believe in us, right? So as the wow. leader of a company, they're they're putting their children through school they're making sure that they are yeah, building their own families taking care of parents taking care of their partners and all that is on the responsibility of leadership and they can take that you know somewhere else the the quality work that they do so it's just having a genuine appreciation for that and if i messed up as a leader and i want you to tell me when you mess up i'm going to tell you guys this is this is my fault this is my fault in the situation all right yeah. this is how we plan on getting out of it or hey we're, we're a team. How can we get out of this together? So good. And you build trust that way. You know, you act, yeah. they're like, oh man, if he admits when he's wrong, I can trust him. This is, this is a, a healthy relationship. Um, I want to dive into you just a little bit. I'm curious, what, what makes you excited? What are the kinds of things that, that get your juices flowing and, and brimming with passion or creativity? And uh, what are those kinds of things? Might sound boring, but businesses, I, I look at business as a game. And it's got it's got a specific rule set. It has players, and in it there are these things that you can do to create incredible outcomes where you have a sense of winning. That's something that I always say uh, to all of our teammates, and uh, and I'm involved in, in in quite a few companies. Just all right, what does winning look like? If we mm. can define what winning looks like, then we can understand what the rules of this game are, and we can all win together. And when you can celebrate that win. You can then create another one. You can celebrate yeah. it. Just keep that going, right? It's just this positivity train that just keeps, you know, uh, you know trudging. Um, that's one thing. Also, I love golf. Um, so <laughs> let's go. I love yeah. golf. <laughs> the best. Right, man. When you're down here, I'm in Florida, man. We got so we got so many golf courses, man. When you're down here, I'll, I'll treat you. Okay, I'm taking you up on that, John. <laughs> All right, hey man, <laughs> throw that out. I, I I always honor that. There we um, go. But yeah, I think, I know it sounds basic and simple, but I'd say the, the, the biggest thing is, is winning. And then it's a sale, right? One of the things I absolutely hate the most is losing. And I hate it so much because I enjoy winning so much. Yeah. And I believe it's having a, just a true sense of knowing, okay, this is, this is what we want to do. This is what we want to accomplish. And also, that's what we don't want. We want to make yeah. sure that we wanna to go to that beautiful island there. What vehicle do we need to get us there? We can swim, we can take a boat, we could take a speedboat. And just having that clear path to get where we wanna go is something that I'm a firm believer in. I know I'm kind of dancing around this, but- No, this is clear. I, I believe it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's winning, it's business sales, it's creating businesses. I'm a part of four different businesses. Wow. And they're they're all successful to, to 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 some extent, some more than others. But I'd say that's that's what drives me. Wow, uh, yeah, man, I, I resonate. I was telling my team early on in the pandemic when you know you're getting your butt kicked for a little bit, and we ended up figuring it out. But when we before we were figuring it out, there was just these moments where they're like, ah, oh, I'm I'm down on myself, or my morale is down, and and I said, listen, man, the fun is in the winning. Right. Like I said, if we start getting a few wins here, it's going to feel even better knowing we did it against all these odds. Right. Oh, yeah. And it was right. It's like, as soon as you start winning, it's like all of a sudden the, the morale comes up and they're like, this is awesome. Right. Yes, um, dude. It's, it's so, so simple. Right. Yes. The fun is in the, I said, you, uh, I told this one guy in particular, he was in sales 
and nobody was buying anything for like two months. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, because everyone's freaking out and they're all tucked away in their corners. Uh, I said, man, you're like a, you're like a striker in soccer who just hasn't scored a goal in a few games. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and you're starting to doubt your abilities, but I was like, the goal will come. And as soon as the goal comes, you're going to remember I am as good as I thought I am. And this is really fun. Right. And he did. I mean, he called me. He's like, I'm crushing it now. I was like, I told you, man, like you just hit a, you hit a slump. That wasn't even really your fault. You know, the world kind of shut down. Um, but it sounds like for you, it's not just the winning. It's avoiding the losing. And then the third is you also seem to like the, the, the almost the chess part of figuring it all out. Is that right? Like the Absolutely. idea of seeing the game, yeah. figuring out the way to get there, the strategy behind it. So the pl- the fun for you is in the playing as well, right? Absolutely. Yeah. The game. And uh, yeah, I love how you put that. Yeah. There's, which sometimes could seem so painful in certain moments where you just, you're, you're reaching so far. You just learn to enjoy that. I heard a piece of advice early on in my, my career that there's this, this, uh, this company that failed and they, uh, they were, it had everything to be successful. And they, when asked, all right, why, why did you fail? His response was, we, we got comfortable. We didn't get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And if you yeah. push yourself to the extent where you're always deeply uncomfortable and you get comfortable there, yeah. you will never fail. You will wow. always continue growing. So good. Yeah, it makes me think of, uh, we we also we often draw parallels and stress, especially to like exercise, because it's very similar. Where if you put your body in tension, you put it in 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 some kind of discomfort, uh, you you get stronger, right? Mm-hmm. If you avoid discomfort, you atrophy. If you mm-hmm. overdo it, you get injury. But there's that sweet spot of like comfort and the discomfort where you know you're growing, right? Yeah. And athletes have learned to call that fun. They call it practice. They call it the game. And in business, we have to kind of start to develop the same mindset. Like, no, this is fun. I, you know, I'm calling it fear, but I could put my hands up on the roller coaster and call it fun, right? right. I'm, get, I'm getting stronger in this. But my question for you is sometimes it gets logistics is the trouble too. I mean, you've got four, you've got four businesses you're involved in. I'm only running one and I feel maxed out right? So how are you organizing your life, your energy, your calendar to be able to invest your time in four different ventures? Energy and calendar, right? So knowing yourself is inherently important. There's specific tasks that I will not do in the later part of the day, right? No big decisions after four o'clock because your your willpower and just looking at a pattern of terrible decisions after four o'clock the I'm super strict in uh, what I eat, uh, and and what I drink and the amount that I sleep, not to a super noticeable factor where it's like difficult to be around, like I can still go out to dinner and have a meal, right? Yeah, yeah. But back to the energy piece, knowing what I typically do better early in the morning, like if I have to write something, or if I have to deep think about something that has to happen in the first two hours of my day. So I'm having a meeting with somebody in my thinking time during the first block of my day, it has to be a super important meeting. Otherwise, it's in the afternoon where I don't need that type of critical focus time. The and as far as the calendar, everything is planned out. So there is almost no time on my calendar for spontaneity to some, uh, some extent, not because I like the feeling of being pressured and squeezed from all angles, because I know that variables are going to occur typically on the other side where meetings are going to get canceled or moved that automatically creates about a 20 percent uh spontaneity in my calendar yep so it's 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 things like that and also just making sure that you have good team members i have fantastic team members around me that understand what our priorities are what they need to do and what needs to be accomplished and they're really good at executing way better at a lot of things than, than I am. There's some things I'm absolutely terrible at and knowing, okay, I need somebody else to do this. This should not be on my plate. This is not what I'm designed to do. Yes. Uh, you're speaking my language. This is so fun. It, it, you obviously are a performance junkie uh, like I am. For it sure. sounds like a lot of Daniel Pink's uh, work on when, where he talked about the different rhythms our body goes through in a day and often the more creative you know, uh, thoughtful work in the morning and then maybe more of the automatic work where it's, yep, it's just a normal kind of email or meeting in the afternoon. Um, I love that. And then 
Has there been anything for you in the morning that has kickstarted that's helped you get into that thinking space well? Uh, are you able to kind of roll out of bed and roll into work or do you have to have some time to yourself first? Uh, what's that morning look like for you to get your engines going? Yeah. So it's typically, I know what I'm doing the night before. That's super important. If you don't have what you're going to do the night before, you haven't mentally prepared for it. Yeah. So if you come and sit down at your desk and you just start your day, you're a step behind rather than look at your calendar the night before and say, okay, I have to finish that proposal with the team or we need to whatever that is. Right. So that, that that's important, but typically wake up uh, around 6am every single day and you know get get ready i'm in the office typically by by seven and yeah i just i just hit the ground running it's pretty simple i don't always listen to a podcast sometimes i do but the things that i would say is almost eight hours of sleep every single night and having something on my calendar scheduled uh, the night before and that's the first thing i'm going to start on love it well you just mentioned listening to a podcast but before we started you briefly mentioned that you you run your own podcast too is that right Oh yeah. All right. I love a plug, man. Let's, Drew. Come on. Winning points. Love Let's it. Let's go. So what uh, is the, what is the podcast? It's called the digital, it's called the climb and it's produced by the digital mastermind. It's a mastermind group that I, I manage with, uh, marketing agency owners. And okay. on that podcast, we interview digital marketers, technologists, uh, agency owners, and it's it's called the climb because we want to talk about their climb, right? Where where they started, you know, what their journey looks like, and there's a ton of tips, tricks, and tools that are that are offered uh, during our show. Heck yeah! So when when are you recording? When are you finding time to record those? So it's typically I do an hour and a half per week where I do a pre-interview. This is actually this, this actually sucks up a lot of time. Uh, so it's an hour and a half per week. I send those clips over to my uh, my co-host, who's also my business partner in uh, Oyova. He chops those up, uh, edits those, and then we'll, we do, we take those clips and we do the, it live, which will stream uh, live via Facebook as well as YouTube. And we talk about those clips. Because what I noticed is when we did a live interview, and I tried this a few times, people were like a deer in headlines. It was like the most inauthentic <laughs> frame that you could get of them. And I felt bad for them. And I was like, well, we've talked before. This really isn't you. Like they felt like they were on the spot. So I was like, okay. Yeah. We're going to record this offsite and then I'll take those Smart. clips and then we'll just talk about what, why those are interesting and why those are valuable. Oh man, I love that. So if people wanted to watch that, can they go to YouTube and just type in the climb? How, how do they find that? They could, well, they'll probably end up on something Miley Cyrus, which I obviously should have been a fan. <laughs> Didn't realize that. So if they type in the climb digital mastermind, they will find uh, our episodes in our channel for sure. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, so yeah, again, the, the variety of things you have going on is, is pretty massive, but it does seem like there's a similar focus in all of it, which probably helps you switch, switch from one to the other. Is that Absolutely. right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, and it's also things that you enjoy, right? What are the things that you enjoy doing? And then the things that you don't have others do those. I, I love solving marketing and sales problems. I love uh, I love negotiations. I love coaching and cheerleading and, and pulling people together for that. Love Hold on. You love negotiations? I hate negotiations. Oh, it's a game. Teach me. Teach me. <laughs> <laughs> why, why or how do you how do you love negotiations? How do you think about it? It's just, it's understanding what, what, all right, at the end of the day, what are both parties going to be happy with, mm. right? Putting yourself in the other person's shoes, putting yourself on the other side of the table, looking at things through their lens mm. and understanding, okay, what is it that they really want? Not every single negotiation is going to work out and just being okay and accepting that, but understanding this is, this is my, I'm not going any lower than this. We need this to happen and looking at their side. All right. What do, what do they want? And then just being really genuine with the person. All right. This is where we're at. Be direct. Yeah. yeah. In understanding. Man. All right. I'm going to take, I'm going to take those notes and apply them the next time I'm in that situation. Um, okay. So I'm, I'm curious for you. Uh, what does life look like outside of work? Is there, is there a life outside of work with all that going there on? There is a life outside of work. Yeah. I'm married. Uh, my wife's awesome. We, uh, we, we, we spend a lot of time, whether it's a uh, new hobby is collecting art or I mentioned that, that I golf. I also do a lot of mentoring. Mm. So I like to, uh, I, I like to just be a guiding light for, for some people work with uh, quite a few 
and different capacities. And whether that's just a, uh, a periodic phone call multiple times during the week, trying to get a kid into a specific college, or I used to be affiliated with the Big Brothers Big Sisters, which was great. Mm. Just really trying to give back however I can and connecting people too. That's another thing I love to do. I love to take somebody that is, you know, has nothing to do with something that I'm doing and find somebody to introduce them and watching that become a force multiplier, right? Just yeah. creating, whether it's a business marriage or a, a real marriage, just really pulling people together is something that energizes me. Man, it makes me think of, I actually heard uh, the the great Tony Robbins talk about this once, uh, but he was saying that success and fulfillment are not always uh, hand in hand, right? That you can have both, but most people think it naturally comes with success. But that he was saying fulfillment comes from things like generosity, from impacting people's lives and feeling like you have a purpose and that kind of thing. Um, And that's what it feels like listening to you, where it's like, of course, success is fun yet you also have this desire to give back and to make meaningful connections with people and with your wife. Uh, have you found that to be true as well, that we have to do the things that lead to fulfillment and not just chase success? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, and I love that. I love that uh, you put me and Tony Robbins in the same sentence. That's, that's super flattering. There you go. You can use that as a quote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Here's a plug, man. I'm a marketer. Be careful. That's what I'm saying. The, uh, but yeah. And, and I think I, I, there was a point where I was really, really down in, in my life. I was just working like tons of hours and we were having growth, but I, I felt absolutely dead and just, I got, I, I got pretty down and I realized, yeah, like it, work, work isn't everything. And some people may be able to find that, all right, they get everything and all the fulfillment that they want, you know, out of their work. But I was raised that you're never the exception. So I had to, I had to find some different pathways and that's where volunteering became a big component, really get into other people's lives. And at the end of the day, if I look at what am I purpose and what do I really uh, love to do? It has nothing to do with really money. Money is just something that is like keeping score to some extent, which, all right, it's there. We need it. There's a specific amount. Yep. Everybody's heard that, but I love to help people genuinely, which you got to be careful because you can become the abused, right? Spouse in a relationship because your value is being taken over. People mistaking kindness for weakness. There's a ton of things that can be said about that. But I think at the end of the day, really aligning your purpose. And I love to help people. And whether that's helping them, you know, plan out, you know, the, the design of their yard or helping, you know, a high school kid realize that he doesn't have to be in that same position his entire life. And there's way more things out in the world for him. Come on. Or, yeah, or whether it's, you know, trying to find some elderly people and just retrofit them into a job and teaching them new skills, whatever that thing is, I can walk away and say, all right, that feels good. Whether it made money or not is completely irrelevant. Wow, man, that is so helpful to think about it. Money is just a way of keeping score, yep. you know, but purpose is is when your life takes on meaning, right? Yep. And there's those exchanges of moments between people that you're like that that resonates and kind of lasts it has a it has a linger to it of satisfaction other than the wind comes and goes pretty fast right totally like yeah like how you know i think it was roosevelt that said that you're only as good as the people that you can work with right so if you want to throw that back into a business context that means you really have to get good at the skill of connecting with people which yeah. i find is crazy like let's say we get out of school and then you get into this business and then there's a couple books on like how to make friends and how to connect with people, but it's not a wide berth. Like you have to figure like, okay, like you're in these forced situations where you're like in a school and you're going to then connect with all these people based on just, you know, being around them, propinquity, right? You're going to continually be around them. You have some interest. All right. Then you get older and you need to develop that social life. Yeah. And if you don't, you're, it's really going to tear at you. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, the only book that comes to mind is how to win friends and influence people. And that was written 50 right. years ago or something. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Dude. I, I want to say that was like in the forties or something. Like, I mean, there's some things in there. You're like, I don't think you would say that today. It's a so little crass eight, there. So yeah. 80 years ago. Yeah, man. Um, yeah. I heard a talk. Could be. I don't know. Don't quote me on that. <laughs> I heard a talk recently <laughs> where this woman, this business owner was talking about the moment that changed her life was with a gym coach when she was in middle school. And he was like, Hey, go everybody match up with a friend. You're going to do this exercise together, this game together. And she was like, she went over and was like, I don't have any friends. He's like, what do you mean? 
He's like, go grab a friend. She's like, I don't have any friends. And he sees, I don't remember the whole context other than he looked at her and he said, well, are you friendly? And she said, no. And he goes, okay, well try being friendly and see if you get more friends. And it just like, it was like something that no one had ever taught her. Literally, she was like, no one ever taught me that those went together, that if I'm friendly to people, I get friends, right? Yeah, I love and that. I, and I was, I'll never forget that because I saw the same thing uh, when, uh, mentoring young adults and stuff back in the day and saying, I don't have, I don't have a love life or I don't have any friends or whatever. I'm like, what, are you a good friend? Cause good friends seem to always have friends, you know, right. <laughs> they yeah. seem to sow and they get back kind of what they put out there. Right. Um, so anyways, nurture relationships. Yeah. Like, it's just, you know, there's some times where it's just like, yeah, years will go by and you're like, ah, oh, well, it's been too long since I connected with those people. No, man, if you're thinking about them, just shoot them a text. Hey, I was just thinking about you today. I hope everything in your world's going great. Like who knows what position that person in is, is in at that time when they get that message. And it's also just drawing that line between you and that person. You shared a moment together. Yeah. Just to create that relationship and foster it the best that you can. Man, I've even, I'm sure you've seen the same. I've even noticed it with the people I'm closest to where I'll have a thought about them. Like my wife, I'll have a thought like, gosh, I'm so lucky. She's, she's so great. And I won't often think to actually send it. Right. Or say it. Yep. And then in the moments you do, you realize how much it meant to them that you took yep. the time to say that. And I, we've had, my wife and I have been married 10 years. We've had this conversation all the time. Like, I think this all the time. I just don't say it all the time. And we were like, well, that's the problem. Like, I don't know that you're, <laughs> I don't know that you're thinking this all the time. And so I've started even doing it with like my team, my business partner, like just shot him a text yesterday. Like, man, thinking about you and you're a brilliant coach and leader and just things like you wouldn't typically say and you realize, man, that strengthens these bonds, even with the closest people to us, you know? Yeah. Letting them know um, where they stand with you. Yeah. And that's just yeah. that big love. I'm, I'm, I'm a firm believer of that. And I, and I love that you actually had that conversation with your wife. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. It, it, was, a, it was probably a fight at first. <laughs> I, think <it> was, <laughs> I think it was a fight at first. And then it was a learning lesson um, that she was like, well, it would be nice if you're thinking those things more often that I would hear them more often. And I said, okay. I can, I can do that. I can do that. Um, so, okay, let's do this. Uh, I know your time is tight. Uh, I want to go ahead and jump into the lightning round and yeah, get, man, your, let's do it. get your thoughts on these, uh, these five questions. So let me pull that up real quick. Number one, if you could ingrain one message into your entire organization, what would it be? It's almost like a billboard. They'd pass by it every day. The same message. What would that message be? Respond. What does that mean to you? People are typically upset when they don't hear something in a quick amount of time, right? Yeah. So if you respond, things tend to move faster. When that email comes in, that Slack message, that phone call, respond back, let somebody know what is happening. And if you don't know, you get the information. It just fuels communication and makes things move in the direction you want them to move in. Oh, God, that's so good. And it also saves time, too, when you just do things right away instead, yeah. of, instead of getting back to you forever ago. Uh, that's so good. Okay, number two. What is the single best advice you've ever gotten about growing your business? And what was the worst? The, the, single, the single best was the one actually that I gave earlier that I shared that you have to get comfortable being uncomfortable. And if you're there, you'll always be fine. Mm. The, the worst, I mean, I've had some just terrible advice uh, given to me in, in, in multiple uh, scenarios. Um, there was one, I think it was based on, uh, it, it was based on risk. There was somebody that was a fractional CFO doing a risk analysis as part of his pitch. And he told me to, to get out of my business and, uh, and sell it at a specific time. And I told him, I was like, yeah, you're absolutely out of your mind. Like, yeah, this, this, yeah. And it yeah, totally didn't. Yeah. But it was just, it was just so amazing that somebody could just come to me do this 30 minute risk analysis and that was their pitch and, and whatnot, wow. whether it was a sales ploy or not, I'm not sure, but yeah. That's bold. Yeah. And just, you got to go with your heart. There you go. Okay. Number four, what's your BHAG, your big, hairy, audacious goal? I think the big, hairy, audacious goal, I, I have a, a well, 
We're creating a social media platform. I got a, I got a few because I got these different businesses. Do you need one right. or how does this work? Whatever you want to share. All right. Is the lightning, you know, popping all around me and the, the thunder yep. uh, cracking? The, okay. So one is we, I want to take our agency to the, the next stage. And in doing that, it's going to be acquiring probably more than likely a, a top stellar design firm. That's something we're looking at, like an award-winning de design firm. Um, and that doesn't sound like big, hairy, and, and audacious, but I, I want to turn that into, actually, yeah, you could probably edit this out. That's not even audacious at all. I don't have a BHAG, come to think of it. I don't. Okay. Yeah, I don't have a big, I'm just, I'm just going. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Give me an example of a BHAG. Uh, so the person that we interviewed before runs a athleisure wear high-end kind of fashion thing. And she said, I want to be top of mind in the global market for athlete, athleisure wear, you know, um, or I want to dominate this category, or I want to create a, uh, a company that a thousand people work for. I don't, it's all different for different people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. All right. So yeah, I'll just spit. So we're creating a social media platform out of uh, our, our company called jobs and sports one that we own. So we're going to be the LinkedIn for sports. Let's go. The, um, creating a, uh, a medical, uh, a medical platform. That is another thing that we're creating. Um, that's going to help people that are, uh, that are essentially in the lower economic rung when it comes to, uh, healthcare services. Wow. The, uh, as far as the agency is concerned, I want to create an award-winning agency that, that has every single tenant that somebody can't separate from because they don't want to. I want to be a part of their technology infrastructure. I want to be a part of their sales and marketing experience and completely uh, dominate their market uh, for the, uh, the, in, in the digital space where essentially they are everywhere uh, and having the highest return on in investment. And then I guess one of my personal ones, I've been working on a book for like three years and I want to do speaking engagements based on a book that moves people and shows everybody what are the steps that you can take to to operate a business and not have it as one of those books of, hey, just write a book and just go out speaking. I want it to be something that's really snackable. And, yeah. got, you know, and it's in the process of being edited and being put down and whatnot. But that's something I'd like to get accomplished within the next year to get that that moving to get some money. Of course, I think that's the main thing. Granted, I can go and speak somewhere. I'm sure you can too, right? But when yeah. somebody's like, hey, we're going to give you this giant paycheck because that's the value of what you have to this group. And it's not about receiving that money. It's understanding like, okay, that's a goal. That's a score that yep. I can now say, all right, it's, it's a notch in the belt. It's a box checked. That's so I right. think those are potentially some BHAGs. All right, buddy. Well, here's the deal. When you write your book, you come back on this podcast and we'll promote it for you. Deal. I love that. True. You're the best. All right. Yeah. Deal. I know, I know what it takes. I wrote my first book last year and it's a, a whole journey, man. And I just respect anybody that puts in the work to take any wisdom, any gold, any insight they have and actually be bold enough to share it. So, uh, I, I can already tell by talking to you, it's going to be great. Love to read it and love to have you back on here. Oh, dude, that, that's fantastic, man. And, uh, I want to check out your book. I, I feel, uh, I feel bad that I haven't yet, but, but I want to No, my What's team the gets, title of your book. Yeah. Uh, it's called go for it. And it, it basically takes, have you, are you familiar with, uh, Joseph Campbell's principles on the hero's journey? I can't say that I am. It's, it was awesome, man. I, I totally changed careers, uh, in my late twenties and felt like I was taking the biggest risk of my life and starting from scratch and doing all this kind of stuff. And it was a part of it, what felt like an evolution of who I was really meant to be. And his work really helped me understand the character, like kind of the, the journey a character goes on in its arc, the kind of story that's in the matrix. It's in, it's in Alice in Wonderland. It's in the Bible. Like it's the same story we say again and again. And so I broke up my journey into the six journey, the six kind of phases that you go through in a personal revolution. Um, just encouraging people to go for it. whatever that thing is calling out to you. If it's a business, if it's a new venture, uh, go for it. And here's what you'll likely experience along the way. Yeah, I love that. I love the title too. Yeah, it's great. Uh, I am notoriously bad at not promoting myself. So my team's on me all the time about never talking about it. It's the only time I've ever brought up on the podcast. Um, uh, but anyways, I, I love it. I love Drew's book. It's called <laughs> go for it. Go for it. it. Show you the hero inside that you truly are. That's right. 
That's right. Unlocking the dreams within is the subtitle. Very good. Very good. Boom, boom, boom. I love it, man. <laughs> All right. So last question, most creative question on here. You can. It's almost like a, a Rorschach test where it reveals more about you and how you hear the question, right? Um, but question number five, if you could hop into a DeLorean and you could go back into your past for only five seconds, like fast enough to drive by and yell one thing out the driver's side window to yourself, when would you go back? And what would you say to yourself? How odd is it that I'm now thinking that people, like this has happened where you've heard something like, what did that guy just say? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, maybe it's happened already, huh? Me? What was that, man? Was All that right. me? Yeah, yeah, I guess they like my pants. Um, yeah. The, if I could go back and say one word, is that it? Uh, you, you, you're shouting a phrase out, a sentence out. But five seconds. Yep. Five seconds. Go back to, you know, I don't know. Maybe I think, all right, I, I don't know exactly when, but I would say between 2009-ish to 2000, maybe 13 in there, because it was, it was, those were pretty hard times, man. When you're the first five years of your business, some people get this amazing hockey stick type growth. Others really have to fight for everything, change who they are and what they're doing. And I think I was definitely part of that camp where Same. I said, yeah, just, all right, this, what everything that I thought was, wasn't, and being willing to adapt will get you, you know, to the next stage. So I think that's, it's important to look at yourself that way. So if I were to go back anytime in there, I would just say, I, I would go back and maybe even as a little kid. So I'm kind of cheating on your question. Just that's everything's, okay. everything's going to be okay, man. Just keep yeah. going. Come on. I like it. I like it. Yeah. That's, and that's a lot of what I was experiencing when writing that book was just realizing like, this is a whole journey. It is way longer than I thought. And a lot of it was the change that was happening in me mm -hmm. in order to see my dream. It's like, I had to be a different character in that story, you know, in order for me to, to really step into that. So, so great, man. Thank you, John, for taking your time, sharing vulnerably your story, your wisdom. Uh, you are uh, obviously somebody very kindred in spirit and uh it's been uh really cool to geek out with you on some some performance uh habits and things like that so buddy thank you for taking the time to come on here i'm excited to have you back on when you finish editing that book and you get that out to the world Drew, hey it was such a pleasure to be on air you're awesome i love the energy i love what you're doing here and i look forward to being on again man awesome appreciate it buddy founders thanks for listening we hope you enjoyed it Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and hop into our monthly founder email so we can ensure you stay on the edge of peak performance and massive business results.